Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Business questions. This is going to be... Uh, anything you want to know about clinical research in the world of clinical research from a entrepreneurship standpoint and from a, obviously from a career standpoint. And by the way, all right, your career, you got to treat your career. If it's a career, you got to treat your career as a business. That's the number one thing. Um, nobody should care more about your career outcomes than you. And make sure that that never happens. I mean, it should never occur when where somebody else cares more about your own career outcomes, whether they're entrepreneurship career outcomes or just regular employee contractor career outcomes. I had somebody reach out to me yesterday. I think it was via text. By the way, anybody can do that. It's 949-415-6256. Text me. TikTok, this is my second live on TikTok. And then Instagram, if you can hear me, Instagram, I'm, I'm connected with external mic. Let me know if you can hear me, okay? And it's always nice to see people on Instagram. Uh, TikTok especially has been, like, so surprising to me. How many people, like, they consume five to eight seconds, of a bite-sized information and they want to learn more. And that's what I'm trying to do on TikTok. And then of course, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, let me know what you're thinking. Give it a like, subscribe, comment, share. Okay. So somebody yesterday texted me 949-415-6256. And they said, you know what? I've been a CRA for like, I don't know, 10, I can't remember the exact amount of time, but they were a CRA for 10 years. Can you guys hear me? Okay. On Instagram. Thank you. Let me know. Let me know. Put an ear emoji if you could hear me fine. Um, they texted me. I've been a CRA for, let's just say, 10 years. I want to be, I want to start a business. 
then I said, okay, well, what kind of business? Do you want to start a site? Do you want to start a CRO? Do you want to start a tech company? Do you want to start patient recruitment? What do you want to do? And they said, no, I want to do independent contracting. Well, technically, yes, that is a business because you should, although you don't have to. And my CPA, I had different CPAs tell me different things. Thank you for the ear emojis. I've had different CPAs tell me different things about whether to start an LLC or an S-Corp if you're an independent contractor or not. That's not the scope of this video. But this person basically wants to be an independent contractor, CRA, which I've done before. And yes, it is a business, right? But it's not a business that you can scale. And let me repeat that, okay? It's not a business that you can scale. What you are doing, you're going solo, you're freelancing, so you're not necessarily, um, you're not taking direction from any employer, but you are taking contracts, and within those contracts, there is directions for fulfilling the contract. And you can often get paid more as a CRA to go independent, but there's also downsides. You don't have benefits. You get to do your own retirement. Um, they can. You're the first one to get cut if they cut if they lose a study that with no warning. All right. Not to say that can't happen as an employee either. But anyways, I told this person, look, I mean, it sounds like you're not looking for just a job. So this is not a business, even though I say all the time, treat your career as your business. But it's not a business you can scale. You're just replacing your employer for you being the employer, but you're doing the same things. A business you can scale is something where you can hire so you can start using your own resources, meaning money primarily, because when you're working for someone, you you only have one resource. That's your time, right? It's your life. It's your time, literally your life, your time. A business that you can scale is one where you can dedicate money other kinds of resources besides time to scale it. So through the work of other people and their time. So this is just in very simple terms, what a business is, a business that you can scale. So whether you own a site, now you, you can own uh, an agency that contracts CRAs. At that point, you're kind of somewhat of a CRO. You could call yourself a boutique CRO. And I'm also excited about this, um, phone call I took yesterday with a hospital in Colombia in South America and they started out as a research site and sponsor got really happy with them on a study and they're thinking about approaching the sponsor and offering other services like CRO services so that's definitely an example of like scaling and scaling beyond your time okay now let's go through some of these uh, hey, Krishna, how's it going? Qualities required to become clinical research. Attention to detail, number one. Ability to multitask. I would say curiosity. Right? You've got to learn. I wish. Look, I'm going back now to prepare for my next book I'm writing. I'm going back. My major was molecular cellular biology, but as you can tell, I didn't pay attention. Plus, things change a lot in science. And so I'm going back to read about different things. I'm getting curious again about different therapeutic indications, about different diseases, about different molecular processes in the body. So I think curiosity is one. But there's a lot of qualities required to become a 
employee in clinical research. If you want to really get down to the details, you got to look at what type of position are you applying for? Because a coordinator and an in-house CRA and a data manager, you know, they're performing different tasks and they're performing different tasks, not only different tasks, but for and on behalf of different people. Um, and, and, or I should say different stakeholders. Kushal, how's it going on LinkedIn? Thank you for your guidance. I've reviewed a lot of your videos as a coordinator. I just started a job as a CRA and your YouTube videos are great. Supplemental trainings along with my CRO trainings. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, you can go from CRC to CRA. You can go from CRA to CRC if you want. You can go. I just saw a post on uh, LinkedIn of somebody. I think I, I know who he is, but I don't want to put his name out there because he doesn't want maybe doesn't want to. But he's saying, you know, CRAs are posting pictures of them in first class and eating fancy food. And it, it's possible, but that's not the life of a CRA. They're showing you their best moments. Right. It's not. There's a reason why a lot of my of of my site owner clients, people that a huge growing segment of my customers, my clients, people that want to start research sites are CRAs, right? It's not all about flying first class and eating fancy food. Like you are literally sacrificing your life for good pay most of the time. If you if you know how to negotiate your salary. I mean, first that's a whole nother video is know your worth. But also be realistic about what you can charge. And yes, there is a supply shortage right now, especially for CRAs and CRCs. But there's limits to what you can earn. Again, pushing past that scalability. This is why, and I think a lot of the viewers and listeners that are attracted to my content, they come here because they're curious. They're curious to see, okay, how else can they expand? And that's one of the beautiful things about clinical research is you can expand in a lot as far as your imagination can take you. I mean, there's so many things that are still changing about this industry. If you like tech, we're about to see a technological explosion in clinical research. I talked to I talked to way too many people, first of all, to be running a site. Thankfully, I have two really good coordinators that help me out, Katie and Desiree. But I talked to another person yesterday. They're from a tech company and they're from a tech company outside of research and their idea. And I mean, this is not a bad hypothesis or rationale is, hey, we're we're going to take what's working in our industry, particularly customer service, and we're going to apply it to clinical research because it fits into this patient centricity model. And my answer was, yes, that's great. There's a, a hundred other thousand probably other tech vendors in this space trying to do the exact same thing, right? The problem is not the tech. The tech is here. The problem is getting the adoption of the sites because the sites, first of all, sites don't want to pay for anything. The only sites that want to pay for things are like large hospital systems and maybe like large SMOs, even them. Sites don't want to pay for things. My site, I have a small site. We pay for Creo, which is an e-source and e-reg, and that's about it. I don't want to pay for any. And even then, I'm trying to get sponsors. I'm trying to negotiate that in my startup cost so that I can pass the cost to the sponsor. 
for the ESOR. Sites don't want to pay for anything. The problem is, here's the catch-22 for you tech vendors out there. Sponsors don't want to use, don't want to bombard sites with another platform because on average, there's about eight or nine platforms that a coordinator has to manage per study. So the sponsors don't want to give sites another platform that they have to deal with. and But the sponsors will if sites adopt it. And so you're in this, if you're a tech vendor, you're in this like no man's land because you can't get sponsors interested unless sites are using it, but then sites are not going to use it. Even for free, sites are not going to use things. So it's really tough. It's There's like a few companies that do it and because they're able to have a budget for it. I'm not going to mention names, but even they are not household names as far as sites are concerned. All right. They're household names as far as sponsors are concerned. So anyways, wherever you want to go, this industry can take you there. There's a pathway for you and you can change your mind and you can switch course. You can do a lot of things. It's, it's your career. It's the outcomes you want. It could be dynamic. It could be fluid. You can change your mind and the industry is still welcoming and forgiving. Uh, so TikTok, thank you so much, TikTok. Let me know your questions if you have any. Instagram as well. I see all you guys and gals on there. Let's go through some of these other questions on YouTube, LinkedIn. Clinical software as a service. I just talked about this for like two minutes. It's tough. Okay, but if you, as an entrepreneur, if you want to work, um, there's tons of tech vendors in this space, and that's only going to continue to increase. I read a study. This was before COVID. I read a white paper. I can't remember from who, but it said by 2025, and we're almost there, by 2025, 60% of budgets in clinical research are going to be going to tech vendors to try to make studies more efficient. Now, for those of us that have been in this industry long enough, we know we take that with a grain of salt, maybe a whole pound of salt, because I don't think workflow can get more efficient these studies are getting more complex. I don't know about you guys and what you're seeing, but we're seeing studies getting more complex. How can we know the indication of the study by not going through the protocol? Uh, you can just find that in the synopsis. You can just find that in the title of the protocol. Every protocol has a title. It's usually like two or three sentences, sometimes just one sentence, where it explains you know, a phase two randomized double blind placebo controlled study to test the safety and efficacy of XXX in patients with moderate to severe blah, blah, blah. All right. You'll, you don't need to read the whole protocol to know the indication. And also clinicaltrials.gov. You can see it there too. Uh, Deep D, how's it going? Long time. A former student, former podcast guest, LinkedIn friend. How's it going, Deep D? Thank you so much for coming on. Tiffany Ashton, former podcast guest, longtime LinkedIn connection. Um, check the title of the protocol or even the synopsis. There you go. Tiffany's literally just telling you. See, you can tell people that no. LinkedIn user, how's it going? Nice to see you. Omar, hi, Dan. Thank you for the work. I graduated as a political science major, and I don't have a background in science. That is science. I got my CCRP certificate. Certified clinical research professional. I'm currently on a job hunt for a CRC role. What do you recommend? Omar, 
first of all, put in the comments where you're located because maybe a site is watching right now and they're going to reach out. But what I recommend is find sites in your area, the smaller the better, and approach them. And then let them know what you can do immediately. And the fact that you already have a CCRP is great because they know that they're not going to have to train you like from the ground up. They, you may have never been a coordinator, but you at least know the concepts of clinical research. Uh, but sites typically need help with three or four different things. It's getting patients, getting studies, uh, having a digital footprint, and uh, reaching out to clinicians in the community. So those are like the more, most pragmatic things you could offer a site. But in your case, I mean, oftentimes they just want somebody with good potential and a good head on their shoulders. And that's definitely sounds like you, especially somebody who's watching these these live streams uh, on your off time says a lot about you. So just go out. You're just not talking to enough people. You need to go out there and network. Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, Omar. I literally just spoke to a hospital group out of Cleveland. I, we spoke to them on behalf of Latinos in clinical research, and they're looking for people entry level. They're looking for experienced people. So you just need to apply. You just need to apply. Now, when you're just starting out, you unfortunately, and I did a TikTok on this yesterday, the first job you're going to take in research, it's not going to be great pay. I mean, it might. There's always exceptions, but generally it's not going to be great pay. And it's not going to be as exciting as you think. But three months, six months, 12 months, 15 months down the line, you can start positioning yourself for better pay, more exciting, more down your alley. Once you have like five years of experience, seven years, 10 years, you can like do whatever you want. Uh, Negud. Hi, Dan. Do I need to know a computer language to be a, a clinical data manager? We are going to have a clinical data manager academy soon. I'm not the best person to ask this question. Um, based on what I know, no. All right. Now, there's different roles within data management. There's data management associates, data management assistants. Uh, there's the programmers who program the databases. Maybe that is where you do need to know computer language and programming but when it comes to being a data manager no but you do need to know basics of alcoac you need to know basics of data verification queries they train you on these things so the answer is no is there a role for scrum masters uh not sure i love your profile pic Topen to motherhood but i don't know what that means scrum masters uh put it again South Africa in the house. Thanks for the impact of your work on the internet. Thank you, Neo. I really appreciate it. I love your name too. All right. Uh, Instagram. Hey, Dan, what's the career path for a CRC? So ask my coordinator, Katie, who I just hired. She's been working for me not even for three months. She's a coordinator. Technically, she started as a research assistant, and within a month, she became a coordinator. In her case, she wants to go on and get a doctorate degree in physical therapy. And then she wants to have – she's perfect example because she doesn't know yet what she wants. She can do CRA because she's got the advanced degree. 
she can own her own site because as a physical therapist, if you have your own private practice as a physical therapist, you can do research in your own office. You already have the office space, but you will need a PI to do the research with. Uh, she can go the route of being a sub-I. She can go the route of being a site owner. She can go on a whole different field and just do physical therapy, or she can just keep experimenting with different things. Um, I mean, the career path for a CRC is really anything you want it to be. This is, I think this is the biggest theme of my videos, my content lately. People think there's rules for what they can and can't do. All right. The only limitations that are in this industry are ones you put upon yourself. Even when you see things like educational requirements. Yes, there are. If employers put educational requirements, there's going to be educational requirements. But that doesn't mean there are never exceptions. I know people who are CRAs that don't have bachelor's degrees. Not saying that's the norm, but I'm saying if you tell yourself it can't happen, then it won't. So what's the career path for a CRC is anything you want. You have to turn that question back to you. I appreciate the questions for the algorithm, but you got to turn that question back to you, right? What do I want as my career path being that I'm a CRC? And I'm here to help open your eyes, maybe. Side ownership, sponsor side, vendor side, tech, AI, omics. There's so much going on in this space. Right. There's a lot, a lot. There's a this industry, our industry, I think, is going to stay busy for a while. Let's go through some more of these things. TikTok, I see you put the questions in there unless I don't know how to read the questions. I don't know. I'm either not getting questions on TikTok or I don't know how to read them. One of the two, both are possible. Uh, Elena, how's it going? Bavin. Bavin Shaw. In high school, I had a friend. Exact same name. Bavin Shah, how's it going? I hired two entry coordinators this year. One grew, so I'm assuming Bavin is a site owner. One grew into the role well and left, and the other left saying it was too independent of a role and they were not comfortable doing everything so independently or not knowing exactly what the workload would look like day by day. How do you suggest selecting the right people to hire and train into coordinators? Yes. First of all, you have to know, I think it starts with the owner because I just, I've, I've been doing this since 05 running sites. It starts with you. You have to know your limitations. If you are the manager, so in my case, I'm the owner and manager. Eventually, I will just be the owner of my site, you McLean Cottrell's, and not be the manager. I'll eventually just be the owner and maybe biz dev, um, who knows? Like Just like I told you guys, you have options. I have options too. So right now I'm an owner slash manager. So you have to understand your limitations as a manager. In my case, it is we are very loose. We don't have too many guidelines. But I need to hire people who are able to thrive in that kind of environment. So people who don't get bored easily. Uh, people who don't get distracted easily. And sometimes you make the wrong decision. There's nothing you can do about it. We're not perfect. Sometimes you make the wrong decision and you hire the wrong person. So be it. If you can grow your company to the point where even the bad hires, unless they're just like terrible and you don't want them, 
mixing with the culture that you're trying to build. Like oftentimes it's just a wrong fit. It's not a bad person. So if it's a wrong fit, what I would try to do is create opportunity for them so that it could be the right fit for them. So maybe it's not a coordinator. Maybe it's just data entry or maybe vice versa. Maybe you're not good at data entry, but you're good at like coordinating and getting us studies and finding us patients and finding us other clinicians, running our social media. There's so many different things that go into running a site. So it's knowing your starts by knowing yourself or whomever your manager is, knowing what kind of culture you're trying to build and then trying to fill in those missing pieces. And when you get it wrong, either change the company somewhat to accommodate the person, because oftentimes you're going to find a great potential of a person you're just putting them in a bad situation so in those cases you don't want to get rid of a good potential person just because it's a bad situation try to fix the situation a little bit other times it's just a bad person and you're like you know what this is not gonna this is not gonna work right but even those ones treat them well try to give them referrals to someone else because uh, it might be a right fit for somebody else it might just be a different type of organization maybe they need to work for a hospital instead of a small site maybe they need to work for academic medical center try your best serve as a reference for them to put them in a position to succeed because my employees when i hire them i look at upon myself yes they do owe me good work while they're there but i also owe them nurturing and helping further their career. And if it's furthering their career by staying with me longer, even better for me. But if it's helping them further their career by leaving me sooner, that's good for them. And you know what? It's good for me too in the long run because you never know reciprocity. That's like a real thing. Uh, Instagram. Hey, Dan. Thank you for all you do. Can a research registered nurse apply for a senior CRA position? Yes but only after you've had some CRA experience. You can't be a senior CRA if you've never been a CRA. You just can't do that. Now, you could be a senior CRA within a year or two if you have the right background and you have the right coordinating background maybe, but you, it's very unusual to just jump right into a senior CRA role. All right? Unless the company really believes in you and they're really short-staffed and they're like, now we're going to train you in how to do this. Um, but yes, you can just not as probably not as your first job. What are your prospective? What are your perspectives about the future of virtual clinical trials? Huh? Well, it's definitely something that's going to be undeniable in the future. I think what we're going to see are more hybrid design studies. So, I mean, we're even seeing it now in the past we would have very few phone visits because everything was done in person. Now, I have a study where every other visit's a phone visit. And it's actually not bad because patient it's more convenient for the patient, but then they still come in face-to-face. -face. You can do the IP accountability. Now, as far as virtual, like just you're behind a computer screen and then there's somebody from the sponsor on the other end of that computer screen, I don't think you're going to get retention, especially when the way these new studies are being designed to where they're really extracting every ounce of data they can out of that patient and really making the patient work really hard for being a volunteer. Um, I don't think that kind of virtual trial is going to succeed. I think that's pie in the sky, wishful thinking. 
but I do think hybrid like elements of virtual trials are going to occur. Like the more things we can do at the patient's home, but still they still have a site that they could call their home base and preferably a local site because when it comes to healthcare, patients still care about local and having a home base, especially having a trusted clinician that they go to. I don't think virtual trials could ever get rid of that. So that's my thoughts on virtual trials. Um, more hype than real solutions. However, parts of it are already being implemented. Lansing, Illinois. Amar Ahmad said, what's the best approach? Freelance CRA or working in a CRO? I'm based in Germany. Try both, Amar. I've done, I haven't done that. I've never been an employee for anyone. The closest I've been was a contract CRA for a Korean company. Love them. Great experience. I had three studies that I worked with them on. I did monitoring for breast cancer, Alzheimer's, and a GI, a GI study. And that opened up the door for me to get other contract CRO, CRA roles that I eventually transitioned into having a boutique CRO myself. And now we have a boutique CRO just for the purposes of our CRA Academy students. Uh, we have we take on one investigator-initiated trial at a time. We actually have two right now, but we're only giving the interns one of them to work on. Uh, and we're getting more projects as we see fit that are appropriate for our students. Uh, to answer your question, I've never worked for a CRO. There are benefits such as benefits, <laughs> health, dental, retirement, that kind of paid time off. And especially in Europe, you guys get like what's called holidays, which is in America what we call vacations. Um, so there's perks. Again, it depends on who you are and what you want. Freelance CRA is typically more money, but it's more risk too because you can be dropped at any time. Same as an employee, but it's independent contractors are the first to go when a study ends or when something bad happens on the study. And unlike being an employee, if you're an employee for a CRO and their study ends early, they will reassign you to another study. If you're a contract CRA and a study ends early, there's a chance that you're going to be on pause until a next study starts or they can find a place to fit you. Because they try to find a place to fit their own employees first before the contractors. So Amar is asking more context. In other words, can one work as a full-time employee CRA and freelance CRA? So I get asked this a lot, actually. The answer is how much can you manage from a practical standpoint? Because it's really tough. You're basically saying, can I have two full-time CRA roles? unless the freelance CRA gig is very part-time. And even then, if you think you can manage it as far as time, your full-time employer may have a clause in your contract in your employment agreement that says you can't take on other work. Sometimes even in your independent contractor agreement, it will stipulate you're an independent contractor, but you're 100% dedicated to us. I've seen that a lot too. So 
when asking these kind of things, you got to look from two perspectives. Can you actually do it, meaning your time, and not get fired from either one? And from a legal perspective, which is kind of where you'd want to employ the services of an attorney for that. Because it's complicated based on every state, every country, obviously. Instagram, how's it going? If you want more live streams, put some hearts on the Instagram screen right now. If you want more live streams, because I've been busy, I haven't been doing as many live streams. If you want more live streams on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, thumbs up right now. I try to do this when I can, especially when I'm working from home. All right. Top End Motherhood says Scrum Masters are people who manage projects using agile methodologies. I mean, I'm sure you can. It's all about managing projects, especially when it comes to project management, clinical trial manager, uh, independent contractor, lead CRA, senior CRAs. Even at the site level, site director, I've never heard that being used before. But yes, it's all about multitasking at that point. When you're managing complexity, as complexity increases in your responsibilities, you need those kind of skill sets. There's just no other way to do it. So, of course, of course, there's opportunities there. Uh, Alejandro Ozuna with studies becoming more complex and 60% of the budget to be directed towards tech. Yep. By 2025. Don't quote me on exact numbers, but it's the theme is there. That's the theme thoughts on what areas do you see budget cuts and or revisions? Uh, that's a good question. I think the budget cuts are going to come from tech that doesn't add value. So, these patient recruitment firms where they're getting paid like 18 grand per randomized patient. Sometimes the site doesn't even get paid that much for the entire study for the entire duration of the study for a patient. So these vendors they're taking on just for a randomization, they're taking on like more than what a site makes for the entire study duration of a patient. So I think budget cuts are going to come from there. It's going to come from a lot of, I don't know. I would like for it to come out of the IRB fees. I think IRBs have gotten incredibly out of hand with what they're charging. Uh, I think some of these platforms as well shouldn't be as expensive as they are, especially when it comes to like database management companies. Um, unfortunately, I think, and again, nothing is, this is not proven. This is just a theory. I think some of it's going to come out of site, the site budget, honestly. But I think sites are going to make up for it in volume of studies that they do. So in the past, if a site was only able to do like eight studies a year, maybe 10, by making tech vendors take on more of the responsibility, which, by the way, that's a big if. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. But by making tech vendors take on more of this responsibility, in theory, sites will have easier studies and they can do more. I, I don't know. I think some of it's going to have to come out of uh, sites and then CROs. Look, I think that actually the CROs are freaking out right now because who does, and I don't think virtual trials are ever going to be a thing, but elements of it will. But who does technology really displace the most? 
a little bit the sites, a little, but I don't think you can get rid of them because patients that patient clinician relationship's too important in our ecosystem. I think it's the CROs. I think it's traveling fees for CRAs. That's my thoughts. TikTok. Shorty, a boss. I'm very interested in joining this field. I have a CNA background. Oh, my goodness. I should have Desiree, my coordinator. One of my other coordinators, Desiree Montoya, she's a CNA. She's going to eventually um, – I think she'll be with us long term. She's a CNA. She's a coordinator. We're grooming her to do a lot for our site. So I think, Shorty, a boss, you need to find sites in your area. We do have a CRC Academy. That is almost guaranteed to get your foot in the door through an internship, which will eventually lead to a paid position at one of our sites that we work with in our network. So we do have a CRC Academy, but if you want to go the free route and I don't just want to be selling the whole time, this is not what this is about. Finding a small site in your area, as small as possible, like mom and pop, try to find me. There's wherever you are, there's a guy or gal like me running a site and doing way too much, having way too much work and not enough time. And they would love to have a CNA in there that they can train. And maybe they could put you through my CRC Academy. We have a lot of sites hiring people and then training them. And if you're in South Florida, I got good news for you. You're in the research capital of the United States, maybe of the world. I mean, Miami is like more research sites per square mile. Somebody should do a study on this more research sites per square mile than anywhere else in the country. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You can find sites in your area. Sites need help with four things. Getting studies so you can find studies for sites. Help them find studies on clinicaltrials.gov and just email leads. Email 100 leads a week. That's a value to sites. They need help with their digital marketing presence. Oh, I don't know. You're on TikTok. A site might want to have a TikTok for themselves that might be one thing um getting help finding patients so going passing out flyers in the communities and then getting help finding other clinicians in the communities before they need you for the fifth thing which you kind of have to be trained for which is actually helping out on the study operations but what what normally if i were to hire you i would put you day one right now day one i would have you manage our social account our, our instagram and facebook so post like a picture a day or a post a day that's like basic stuff then i would have you uh file documents in the investigator site file or in our case in our e-reg then i would help move you on to data entry in the edc then i would have you shadow a patient visit and then i would have you do a patient visit on your own and by the way all this happens within three months so that's i'm real excited for you shorty a boss because that's that's what you can do. I have a social media advertising background as well. That sounds great. Yeah. Look, reach out to me. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. But reach out to me somehow on TikTok. I'll try to figure out how to read my messages on there. TikTok, I'm still figuring it out. guys. I'm a millennial, but I'm the oldest millennial you can be. Are you ever hiring part-time trainer for the academy? No, but thank you. We have so many people like in the bullpen. Uh, we're 
we're really we've been lucky to have like so many good instructors guest instructors so no there's no need for that there's even like if we really had a need for that i would just jump in and do it for right now that we really need to make sure that our students are being coached the way we want them to be coached and like we really want to turn out generalists Okay, Jennifer Mims. Dan, just saying hello. Thanks for all the great info. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been a long time since we chatted. My LinkedIn buddy. Gloria, what's the next route for an in-house CRA that doesn't want to move to a travel CRA role? I don't blame you. Project manager. Um, regulatory specialist. Trial master file. Data data manager, um, regulatory affairs. There's a lot. You can go horizontally and go work for a tech vendor, like one of these exciting, exciting, fast-growing companies that are out there. There's tons. If you're on LinkedIn, you'll see who they are. Yeah, Shorty, a boss, message me. And if you're on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn and tell me, like, message me, like, hey, I'm from TikTok. Because I think there's there might be some sites I could put you in touch with, too. You've got CNA with social media background. If I didn't ha just hire a social media guy for Yuma Clinical Trials, like, I might ask you to do some stuff for us. That's There's value there. Reach out to me anyways. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Ragda said, okay, everyone on LinkedIn, good. I see Joey Finner on there. Joey, your video went well with Nightwish and Maniskin. <laughs> uh, familiar with the – do employers ever question the CRC CRA Academy certification? Not sure if they'd be more familiar with the big ones like Barnett. Of course, the big names are – the big names are, like, from employer's perspective, uh, they might recognize them. They're starting to recognize ours, too, because CRA Academy's been here, and we've been pumping out quality candidates since 2016. All right? Quality over quantity. Here's one thing we have that Barnett, Schmarnett, and all the other ones don't. They might pay for accreditation. They pay money to get accredited. We don't do that. We give real industry experience. Let me repeat that. Real, like our interns work on real studies, especially in the CRA Academy. We have a real study on clinicaltrials.gov. You can go to the CRAacademy.com right now and find the links. You will be, when you finish our program, you will start remote monitoring for a breast cancer study. I don't care who they are, Barnett, Schmarnett, anyone else, they can't offer that as far as I'm aware of. We offer that. So I'm going to turn it back to you and say as an employer, which one would you rather hire somebody from? Somebody that got a certificate from an online place that paid for their accreditation and offers zero industry experience? Or a group of practical people that own sites, that own CROs, that give their students the chance to work on real studies and then translate that CV into a paid job. I'm gonna put it back. I'm gonna put it back out there for you guys to answer. Uh, Ragda, um, you can tell I'm very passionate about that. 
particular topic because I've been hearing it forever. And I honestly think our industry has a lot. If we want more diversity, we want more inclusion in our workforce. We have to give our students, the people we're training, real work. Not just crank out certificates. Anybody can do that. The value is not in the certificate. Ragda, hello, Dan. I'm a CRA who is not responsible for many studies, so I have plenty of free time. What online courses do you recommend that may help me progress in clinical research? I really think it's therapeutic-based. So find the field that you're in and try to take a certification course on that particular condition. Like let's say you're a breast cancer CRA. Try to take a course on breast cancer, or maybe you want to move into a different kind of cancer, right? Hematology, or maybe you want to move into something completely different, like central nervous system disorders. I would focus more on the therapeutic indications because you have the CRA stuff down, and you also at the same time have to think of um, what you want out of your career too. Like if it's more than just CRA, maybe you want to own a site. I would recommend some business classes. Um, but I would go the route of therapeutic conditions, especially one, either one that interests you or one that you feel you're going to be seeing personally more opportunities in at your employer, or maybe if you're a contract series, um, for your contracts. Gloria says, I'm looking to move into a clinical lead role, but I keep getting turned down. Yeah. Uh, Another thing you can do is um, I would taste more because to do clinical lead and you just have in-house CRA experience, I think you need like a more uh, versatile um, background. So it wouldn't hurt to do any other role at your employer just to get a new uh, diversity of skill sets. Just add to your repertoire. Eventually you can do like clinical lead or uh the other one it's called um line manager but typically line managers deal a lot with cras but uh, so you kind of need some cra experience but you can do just taste more gloria i think i would taste more if i were you and don't be afraid if if the better opportunities are outside your organization don't be afraid to do that right now is the time to experiment guys the industry is hot red hot Supply and demand is in your favor as an employee. Take advantage of that. It's not always the case. You know, we might be doing this live stream in 2025 and it's completely opposite. And I'd be telling you, hey, stay, stay where, stay put. I don't care if you hate it, stay put. But that's not, that's not the time we're in right now. Ashley Marco, long time no talk. We just got off the two Zooms with her, my co-founder at Latinos in Clinical Research, um, as well as here's a guest, guest lecturer, CRA and CRC Academy. And not guest, she's actually official. Like She started out as a guest lecturer, and now she's official in charge of the interns um, at the CRA Academy and as well as the CRC Academy. Uh, Amar says, is it possible to own a site in Europe? Yes, it is. What do you mean by owning a site? I'm not a doctor. How can I own a site? So I'm not a doctor either. I own a site. Most site owners, well, I don't know what the actual number is, but many site owners are not physicians. So you, 
build the infrastructure for a sponsor to want to give you studies. So you have the doctors in place to do the studies. You have the patients in place, ideally under the care of the doctor or the clinicians. You have the coordinators and you have the whole ecosystem in place, the training and everything to execute protocols. And yes, I know many site owners in Europe. How to apply for oncology trials in South Florida. As a site, clinicaltrials.gov, as somebody who wants to work in oncology, just go to sites, go to hospitals, get your, get your foot in the door. Wow, we got a lot of questions on here. Okay, any more on Instagram? Give it a like. Give it a like. Um, okay, what's the best way to reach out to but not enough? Lots of people that I reach out to never respond, and that's what you should expect. The majority of people I reach out to, Omar, don't respond. That's just the way it goes. So what? Right? Like your competition's saying the same thing and they they're going to quit. Are you going to quit? Cuz all it takes is one to respond and then it's the right fit or it's enough to get you started. So yes, I think one of the barriers to entry is people give up give up too soon. And they should give up at the worst time too. I've seen this mainly from physicians. I'm behind on these comments so Wow, let me get through some of these. Neo, what's the downfall of job hopping? I'm one I'm one that's for growth in a role, but I see a lot of new CRAs move from one CRO to the next. Do you think this prepares a person for higher responsibilities? I think, unfortunately, our CROs, they're starting to try to do a better job of retaining because this is a problem. I think one of the things is the limitations of how many places you can hop around because there's been a lot of consolidation in the space. So there's just fewer companies to hop around to unless you hop around at biotechs now. But those are a little bit hard. They don't hire as many CRAs as the CROs do. So at some point, you're going to run out of places to hop around to unless you level up your, your skill set and go from CRA to CTM. And oftentimes, the only way to get increase in pay or increased or a promotion in your responsibilities, unfortunately, is to hop around. So you can't blame the CRAs. Everybody got to do what's best for them, right? You're not like I would. The CROs probably wish that everyone had the mentality you are here to serve them. You are here to serve your employer. Even me, I'm an employer. I don't expect, like I don't have the attitude that my coordinators owe me their lives for the rest of their life. I expect that they do their job. And if I prepare them well enough, they're going to grow within their job. And they're going to help. We're going to co-create opportunities together. At best case scenario, at worst case scenario, well, worst case for me is they don't work out and they leave and go somewhere else. And usually what happens is somewhere in between. We co-create as much as we can. Maybe they get bored or they want to try different things. And so they go on and then now they're in the industry. But just treat them right. Treat them right as an employer. And if you're an employee, you got to do what's right for you. If you need an increase in pay, and you know you deserve it, and your employer is not giving it to you, don't sit around. If somebody else is going to give it to you, go get it. Uh, so 
there's no real downfall of job hopping. It's, it happens so often now, like people expect it. They might ask you in your interviews, like if they notice on your CV, hey, you worked at, you know, Cineos for only six months and then you worked at Ikevia for a year and a half. And now here we are, PPD, like what's to tell me that you're going to stay here longer than that? They might ask you those kind of things. So that's a downside, but then you can just tell them the truth. Well, at those places, I was looking for opportunities to grow within, and I felt like I wasn't getting that, so I had to move on to the next one. But hopefully with you guys, you know, I heard you have line managers that can kind of guide me in the pathway underneath the PPD umbrella or whatever. I'm just making up CROs. It could be any CRO I'm talking about. Uh, Nadi. Watching from Germany. We've got a lot of German Germany right now. Okay. World Cup starting soon, guys. Can you hire an entry-level clinical trial assistant with a life science background but no clinical research experience? Yes. Of course. Ashley Margot. Yes, I agree. Isaac says, hey, I'm a CRC at a comprehensive cancer center going on three years. I'm trying to figure out what my next step should be to qualify for a CRA position. Any recommendations? Depends what you are doing as a CRC. If you're doing literally everything, regulatory, data entry, query resolution, meeting with monitors, IP accountability, all that stuff, you're probably ready at three years to be a CRA. And it, at this point, it's just a matter of networking with enough CRAs. Socra, ACRP, local meetups, talk to your own CRAs, network with us on Latinos and Clinical Research. There's a lot you can do. If you were in a position as a CRC where you didn't do all those things, you might need to get in a position where you are able to do more so you can have a more holistic understanding of how to be a CRA. Perspective for oncology trials, unfortunately, great. You know, there's cancers increasing. Therapeutics are also increasing too, especially MABs, immunotherapy, um, and then even some advancements in gene therapy um so yeah cancer is increasing but so are so are uh hopeful innovations megan says hey uh let's see let's see okay megan's got a wrote a book so okay tiktok you're good all right tiktok and then instagram are perfect yeah see whenever i work from home i end up going live Megan says, hey, Dan, I'm a research assistant in a hospital, and I've ended up doing the work of a coordinator and interim manager to cover maternity leaves and staff shortages. How do I transition to a coordinator role officially in a hospital with a rule about needing two to three years of experience to get promoted? I wouldn't transition in that hospital. I would transition to a smaller site, and I would update your CV. You, you would have to put your official title as research assistant, but in parentheses, you can put, but served as a, uh, I don't know what the, the word's not coming to me right now. But basically, you want to put like under your responsibilities, coordinator duties. So you could put like essentially CRC, or in your case, you're saying you're doing the work of a coordinator and interim manager. So you can say served. I would put like, I would go aggressive and put research assistant slash coordinator slash manager as my job and put all your responsibilities underneath it, put your CV out there. There are sites in your own community 
maybe not a hospital that are going to hire you, maybe another hospital going to hire you. If you really want to stay in the hospital setting, maybe academic medical center with a hospital and research. That's what I would do. Because it doesn't sound like it's going to happen in your place because they're telling you two to three years. And this, this happens a lot at academic medical centers where they will not promote their own people. I don't know what's going on at these AMCs. Uh, I just call it how I see it. In case there's any employer watching in Germany, I'm very interested in an entry-level role in clinical research. Natty, get on LinkedIn, okay? LinkedIn is where you need to go. Nobody, Nobody's going to know from YouTube. All there is is your username here. I mean, maybe they could find you, but LinkedIn is the place to go. LinkedIn is where this kind of stuff happens. What fully remote roles are available on clinical research? In-house CRA, remote site monitor, like this girl, Ashley Margo. Everybody go connect with her. She's a remote site monitor at a CRO. I think that's the role you want to do because that role can get you into a lot of things within the CRO. Uh, how often do you see desensitized CRC? What's your thoughts on desensitizing clinical trials? I don't know what that means. Maybe decentralized? DCT? It's a kind of a buzzword. Um, because when I hear decentralized clinical trial, I usually ask, what's decentralized? Is it the fact that the patient is not at the site? I understand. Or is it the fact that the sites are not in the picture, which they're saying is not the case because it's not going to be possible, I don't think. Or is it that the sponsors are managing things directly rather than a CRO? So it could mean a lot of things. There's elements of it, just like virtual clinical trials that are going to be here in the future. They're already here today. But I think it's a lot of hype. Irma, I'm a CRA, but my plan is to start a site in approximately three years. I wonder how hard is it to get that first study and if you may face rejection for the previous CRA role. No. So it's a lot easier to go from employee to site owner than from site owner to employee. So in your case, you're going from employee to site owner. Sponsors will actually, like, at your first site selection visit, sponsors concern, okay, you're a new site. How do we ensure... Number one, that you're going to get the patients. So you got to figure out with your PI how you're going to do that. Hopefully, your PI's private practice answers that question. The second thing they're going to say is, how do we ensure that you don't screw this up from a quality perspective? And that's where your CRA experience comes in. You could calm them down, relax them, and say, I've been a CRA. I know exactly what you're talking about, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm the coordinator and then when I delegate to my other staff, to my new, to my new hires, I'm going to supervise them. So no, you're not going to run into issues. How hard is it to get that first study? Could take three to six months, sometimes a little longer. And after that, they come quicker. Do you think that more studies may be conducted in the MENA region in the near future? Yes, I do. Ashley Margo, there you go. There's Ashley. Hi, Dan. I do not have experience in a CRO. I'm a CRC. Today, I have an interview for a position called Centralized Monitor, Remote Monitor. That's exactly what Ashley does, just with a different name. 
but I like to enter in the Sierra as a CRA. This could be the way. Yes, this could be the way. All roads will lead to CRA. If you want to be a CRA in this space, just get a job in clinical research. It could lead you to CRA. How much CRA experience is required to be a lead CRA or a CTM? It varies, I would say, at least five. And some people will never get those roles because of other reasons not having to do with their years on their CV. I'm a doctor and would like to own a site. How do I start? You approach sponsors and you tell them, hey, I have patients. I'm assuming you see patients. If you don't have a private practice, then you need to partner with someone who does because the sponsor's biggest concern is how are you going to get patients for our studies. And once you do that, once you figure out the answer to that, you go on clinicaltrials.gov and start applying or you can contact me for my services. We charge a flat fee every month to go hunting for studies for you. We have 85 clients right now across the country. And I can't wait till we get to 100. Chris and I will celebrate with all of our clients. Instagram, I'm a lab tech for clinical trial in Kenya. I have finished the CRA course for Vires. I don't, I don't know what that is. Is this enough to land me as a CRA job? Mm, clinical trial lab tech? No, I still think you would have to go either coordinator route or in-house CRA route first or a remote site monitor. I don't think it's enough to go CRA because it's just lab tech is just one aspect. Like lab is just one aspect of what CRA's responsibilities are. Uh, let's see here. Here's Ashley giving advice to the doctor. We have a site on. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. Yes, we do have a clinician academy too. This is why, Ashley, I love that you're on these live streams. Yes, I totally forgot. And we literally had a Zoom meeting about this today. We have a site owner academy. Um, and so, and it, even if you were going to be a client, we would have told you about this too. And it, for our clients, you'd get a discount. But yes. Just message me and I'll send you the link or message Ashley to you, both of us. Thanks, Ashley will do. There you go. <laughs> okay, man, we're over an hour now. Jeslyn, how's it going? Just joining and loving these questions and comments. There's definitely loads of untapped talent for the clinical research industry. I know any smart CRO hiring manager, would be in these live streams because there's people here. There's people unsatisfied with their jobs. If you're a job recruiter, like what are you doing not being on these live streams? There's literally people in the comments saying they want to switch roles and they don't know how. And you're over there spamming other people on LinkedIn instead of watching these things, giving a like, giving a subscribe, giving a heart, giving a comment, giving a share. Even if you were on TikTok, it'd be better use of your time than spamming. Thank you, Jeslyn. I agree. Spain. Edgar in Spain. CRCs mainly work for research institutes, which are publicly run, even though the financing is private. These are formed by public hospitals from which patients are recruited. Yep. Europe's a little more um, 
Europe's a little different in the sense that there's more of a public funding. It's kind of like the NIH system here. It's like academia, um, but like the majority here, it's like the majority of industry sponsored trials are private sites. In Europe, the majority are public institutions. You're right. But there are private ones too, especially in UK and Germany. I want to switch roles too. See, look, Jenny joined. All right. Thank you, Jenny, for coming on. There, it depends on what you're doing. She's looking for anything remote in children's mental health. There's so many jobs out there, Jenny. Where are you located? And uh, message me on LinkedIn. I'll just try connecting people like from now on. Uh, CTM. Ashley's talking about CTM. They want you to have a senior CRA for at least two years. Senior CRA can be two to four. So it's basically I'm in the ballpark. Akivia is currently hiring entry-level CRAs that you could possibly qualify for. Yeah, they have a CRA school too. They like the idea of CRA Academy so much they did one themselves, which they should have done way before me, by the way. Um, yeah, Isaac, check it out. Ashley in the comments. Think, uh, so we're going to have to wrap this up, guys. I could be here forever. Thanks, Dan. Switch from YouTube to LinkedIn as advised. All right, Nadia. Very interested in an entry-level role in Germany. There we go. So this, all right, guys, hiring managers. Nadia's here. She's got experience or doesn't have experience, but is a, somebody I would hire, all right? Entry-level role in Germany. Reach out um, to Nadia right here. Thank you, Nadia. Christine Naro, our Latinos in Clinic Research Ambassador. Yes, we are over one hour, right? One hour and three minutes, but who's counting, right, when you're having fun? <clears throat> what else? I did message you, Dan, and send a contact request to Ashley. Thank you. I'm going to send you that right now. My LinkedIn Jenny is Dan Sfera, right? Just like my name here on TikTok. It's the same. The same picture, even, so I don't confuse people. The only place I have a different picture is on Facebook, and that's really because I don't know how to change it. I don't really like Facebook, guys. Um, yeah. All right, Instagram, any more questions? Faisal, how's it going? Arasha, I currently work as a clinical trial assistant in a CRO. I'm interested to do a PhD in clinical research. Please guide me how to start. Well, the PhD, I mean, you pick a place where you want to do it that takes you and you do it. But I would ask you, I would ask you why. Hey, Jenny. No, no. Dan, okay, I see. I see. No, my name is Dan Sfera. Sfera. S like Sam. F like Frank. E-R-A. But yeah, I could see how on TikTok that's confusing. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice to see you there. Okay, Arsha, maybe we can end with this one. I'm currently working as a clinical trial assistant in a CRO. I'm interested to do a PhD in clinical research. Please guide me how to start. So I don't think there's need to guide you. You find a program that will take you that you're happy with and unfortunately you have to pay money for. 
And you have to ask yourself, what's the return on investment on this? Because what job are you trying to get that you think having a PhD is going to help you? I mean, yes, maybe regulatory affairs. There's some, and even that, you need like, besides a certification behind your name, you need a lot of experience in those fields too. I've always been of the mindset, if you're not getting like an MD or a PharmD or a PhD in like some deep science, I don't think it's worth it. Like what is a PhD in clinical research? You can do better off just watching these live streams. So what? what's the job that you're trying to get that you think having a PhD is going to help? Because I can probably make a compelling argument for why it's not going to help you. Laura, love for sweets. Any advice for a mom of two under three? Bachelor's in biology, pharmacy tech experience, interested in working in clinical research? Yes. Clinical research coordinator, love for sweets. Message me on here or on LinkedIn of where you're located uh, because there's so many sites in your area that would love to hire you. And as a CRC, you don't have to travel. One of my CRCs is a mom of three. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious, Arsha, and maybe you haven't thought of it. Like what? Don't get degrees just for the sake of getting a degree. It has to serve a purpose, especially when it's something generic like clinical research and not like a deep tech, deep science, or an MD or a PharmD or an RN or an NP, like a PhD in clinical research is not very practical to have. Like, what can you do with that? You could probably do the same thing that somebody who doesn't have that PhD can do. Uh, monthly Latinos in clinical research webinar, August 30th, come network. Absolutely. All ethnicities welcome. It's not just for Latinos. Everybody come join. Jennifer Navarro, nice to see you. Thank you so much. Message me on here. All right. And thank you for coming from TikTok. TikTok's increasingly becoming important in my brand. Love the content. Appreciate Thank you, Calvin. Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, but the letters are inverted. That's awesome, Calvin. Um, thank you also for watching. Are there any entry-level positions in South Africa? Yes, there, there are. Everywhere. All right, guys, hopefully this helps. Hopefully, thank you for spending just over an hour with me. If you'd like them, let me know on Instagram. Let me know on TikTok. Let me know on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and we'll do more. And if you don't like them, tell me we, we'll still do more. All right? I, I'm not stopping that, that easily. So thank you guys very much. Everybody, make sure I'm trying to grow my TikTok, so go follow me on there. And everyone on TikTok, go follow me on LinkedIn. And then everybody subscribe YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Love going live with you guys. Keep the questions coming. Happy to connect with everybody offline. Take care.